from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, security gang. Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast. Monday, March 20th, 2023. We are live this morning on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Thank you, for everyone, for tuning in. You can also catch us on your favorite podcast listening platform after the fact, but we stream live. What's your comments? Good morning to Paul and Eliza and David Vaughn. Good morning to all of y'all. Thank you for being here this Monday morning. A chilly one indeed it is, Paul. It is quite chilly in the south of the United States. Quite chilly when I mean like quite chilly, like it's below zero in most places. So with that being said, we're not here to talk about weather. We're here to talk about cybersecurity and a lot has happened over the weekend and a lot to catch up on and get ready for this week. So we're going to get right into this morning's show. But before we do, let's go ahead and grab our traditional cup of coffee. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm very sad to say that my usual new mug that I got for this year broke over the weekend. That's right. That white mug that you saw in the earlier video, that will be its living memory as it shattered into pieces over the weekend. And to I'm still heartbroken, still trying to get over it. We'll find another one until then. Coffee cup, cheers, y'all. My double espresso. And we'll kick off this morning's show with hype or unhype. So so hype or not hype, we'll talk about this here in just a second. Put it in your comments. A Microsoft Outlook vulnerability that some people claim to be the it bug of 2023. The CVE that we've discussed, CVE 2023-233-907, is it has a massive attack surface, meaning almost every business user could become a victim. Microsoft patched a zero-day vulnerability under active exploit in Microsoft's Outlook identified a CVE 2023-233-907. It could enable an attacker to perform a privilege escalation accessing the victim's net NTLM version 2, challenge response authentication hash and impersonating the user. It's now becoming clear that this CVE is dangerous enough to become a most far-reaching bug of the year, according to some researchers. Since disclosure just three days ago, more proof-of-concept exploits have sprung onto the scene which are sure to translate into snowballing criminal interest, helped along by the fact that no user interaction is required for this exploitation. If patching is impossible quickly, there are some options for addressing the issues, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. I'm just letting you know this was discovered by researchers over at the Ukraine Computer Emergency and Response Team and by one of Microsoft's own researchers. They patched it earlier this, they patched it last week on Patch Tuesday. But uh, we're going to get through all the fluff of whether or not this is the bug of the year. If you can't patch for whatever reason, um, then administrators should block TCP 445 SMB outbound traffic to the internet from the network using perimeter firewalls, local firewalls, and VPN settings. The action prevents the transmissions of the NTLM authentication message to remote file sharing, helping to address the uh, CVE. Organizations should also add users uh, to protect its security groups and Active Directory to prevent NTLM as an authentication mechanism. This approach simplifies troubleshooting compared to other methods, uh, other methods of disabling the NTLM. He also points out that Microsoft has provided a script to identify and clean up or remove any exchange messages with UNC path in message properties and advises admins to apply the script to determine if they've been affected by the vulnerability and to remediate it. So is it the it bug? Or not the it bug, we'll find out. Obviously, if you're using Outlook, you want to make sure you get that taken care of um, and patched immediately. 
Cyber criminals are also observed abusing Adobe's Acrobat sign service to deliver emails leading to a red line stealer infection, according to Avast. The Adobe sign, which is essentially their version of DocuSign, is a cloud service that allows users to sign, send, and track documents in real time, as well as send signature requests to anyone. When a signature request is sent, Adobe Sign automatically generates and sends an email to the recipient with a link to the document, which can be a PDF, Word, HTML, or another file type. Given the messages sent from a legitimate Adobe email address and the document for which the signature request is sent is hosted on Adobe's server, the message bypasses any protections that the victim might have in place. Acrobat Sign also allows the sender to add text to that email, and cybercriminals are abusing this feature to lure unsuspected recipients into downloading malware. As part of the observed attack, threat actors sent signature requests for documents that contain a link to a CAPTCHA page that in turn would take the victim to the download page for a zip file containing the Redline Stealer. This was first seen in early 2020. Redline can harvest and exfiltrate system information along with data typically saved in browsers such as steel credentials, credit card data, and crypto wallet information. Displaying a fake notice of copyright infringement, the document analyzed by Vast was specially uh, created to target the owner of the popular YouTube channel, However, intended victims realized that the document may not be legitimate, didn't click the link, but now this is spreading across. So another uh, kind of awareness training you might need to do and another way you might want to get your team together and brainstorm, how do we identify these links? Do we now ensure that every Adobe Acrobat sign email comes through, gets scanned, and doesn't just bypass? Don't treat it as a trusted email that's part of Zero Trust, FYI. So just run it through, make sure the links are legitimate. The Emitat malware is now distributed in Microsoft OneNote to evade defenses. So we've been talking about OneNote for quite some time. They disabled macros in Excel and Word, and everyone was like, Whew, skipped that one. Well, only the fact that OneNote, which is very popular and heavily used, wasn't part of it. Well, because no one's using it, so why spend time doing it? not thinking that when you close the door, another window opens, and we should probably address this across our entire app suite. Microsoft has decided that the OneNote email attachment macros are just going to have to wait a little bit longer. And that was before this. Now the Emitat group, which is back and is a notorious malware botnet, is distributing Microsoft OneNote that contain malicious macros in order to steal email contacts and email content and that's their form of gaining entry into organizations. They'll say this document is protected. You'll enable editing, enable content. And by switching to OneNote, while there's still no patch available, they're essentially taking advantage of everything that's going on there. And so you want to make sure that OneNote is scanned. And you also want to make sure that if there's no business use case for OneNote to be sent, meaning your organization is one of those that doesn't use OneNote. Block it. Block the one extension in the email and make sure no one gets in there as well. Hitachi Energy is blamed a data breach affecting their employees on the exploitation of a recently disclosed zero-day vulnerability in the Fortra Go Anywhere Managed File Transfer Software. In a press release on Friday, Hitachi Energy said the C, uh, the Klopp ransomware gang targeted the Go Anywhere product and may have gained unauthorized access to employee data in some countries. Upon learning of the event, they took immediate action, initiated an investigation, disconnected third-party systems, and engaged forensic IT experts to help analyze the nature and scope of the attack. Employees who may be affected have been informed and are getting support. 
They've also notified applicable data privacy, security, and law enforcement authorities and continue to cooperate with the relevant stakeholders. The company has found no evidence that its network operations or customer data were compromised. The statement published after the CLOP uh, cybercrime group named Hitachi Energy on its store-based leak website by naming the company, uh, the hackers are threatening to leak stolen data unless a ransom is paid in full. Hitachi with a global headquarters in Switzerland. The company serves organizations in utility, industrial, and infrastructure sectors across 140 countries and has nearly 40,000 people working for it. The vulnerability that was exploited in the attack is CVE 2023-0669er, a remote code execution flaw whose existence was disclosed by Fortra on February 1st after attacks exploiting it were detected. A patch was released a week later. This is now being linked to Klopp. Hitachi is the latest to join Hatch Bank, healthcare provider community health systems, and Rubrik, who have admitted to being hit due to the vulnerability. Chinese hackers are going after the Fortinet Zero Day for cyber espionage and leave it to them. Mandian has said that the attribution and the activities of China-based APTs is now taking advantage of the Fortinet 40 OS uh, Zero Day or vulnerability per se in order to get access to government uh, systems across uh, Asia. UNC 3886 is an advanced cyber espionage group with unique capabilities and they operate and uh, how they operate on network as well as tools they utilize in their campaigns, according to Mandian. It's worth noting that the adversary was previously tied to another intrusion, setting target set targeting the VMware ESXi and Linux vCenter servers as part of the hyperjacking campaign designed to drop backdoors such as uh, virtual PETA and virtual Pi. The latest disclosure from Mandian comes as Fortinet revealed that government entities and large organizations were victimized by an unidentified threat actor by leveraging a zero-day bug in the Fortinet 40 OS software to result in data loss and OS file corruption. If you are using this product, you want to make sure that you've got it patched. And if you don't have it patched, unplug it, replace it until you're able to ensure that it's able to operate on your network without any issues. Finally, the breach forum owners, Pumpaporin, was arrested on cybercrime charges, according to uh, uh, law enforcement. Uh, law enforcement arrested him on Wednesday. Uh, he's believed to be from New York, the owner of the Breach Forum uh, hacking forum. According to court documents, he was charged with one count of conspiracy to solicit individuals to sell unauthorized access devices. During the arrest, the defendant allegedly admitted that his real name was Connor Brian Fitzpatrick, and he was uh, Pompa Porin, the owner of the Breach Forum cybercrime forum. When I arrested the defendant on March 15th, he stated to me in substance and in part, A, his name was Connor Brian Fitzpatrick, B, he used the alias uh, Pomporin, and C, he was the owner uh, and administrator of Breach Forums, the data breach website referenced in the complaint according to Special FBI Special Agent John Longmire. Fitzpatrick was released on Thursday on a $300,000 bond and will appear in the District Court of East of uh, in the District Court of the Eastern District of Virginia on March 24th, according to Bloomberg. Until his appearance in court, the defendant has surrendered his documents and will only be allowed to travel within the southern and eastern part, uh, eastern districts of New York and the eastern district of Virginia for court purposes. He's also restricted from contacting witnesses, uh, co-defendants, and co-conspirators. Uh, while the suspected owner of Breach Forms is away, a form admin said the site would continue to operate in its current capacity. The admin added that they have full access to the site's infrastructure and will continue to operate the forums, meaning this might be just the U.S. link to it that they can get their hands on. That's it for our show this morning. 
over the uh, last week, by the way, I did post something uh, I've never done before. The top five cybersecurity startups I'm watching in 2023. It's an unpaid list. It's not a cool vendor list or anything like that. It's an unpaid, my opinion. No one paid me to do this. I just kind of been looking at a lot of startups, uh, a lot of noise in, in, in a lot of the Slack channels I'm a part of with, with my peers. I decided to put five companies that I think are worth watching and worth looking into. You guys can check out the video or the full blog post on our website at cyberhubpodcast.com or check out my Substack with some more detailed information. That's it for our show this morning. We'll be back tomorrow, 9 a.m. right here live on Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Until then, have a great rest of your day. Have a great week. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.